The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Edition of Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com and the various streaming websites. Welcome into the show, everybody, and glad you're with us here over the next 45 minutes. We've got a lot of fun Cowboys storylines to hit for once. There's uh, a bunch of stuff going on that the Cowboys uh, are having positive storylines this the, today. So I think that's a that's a, something we're going to hit coming up here over the next couple of minutes. But it's Kyle Yeomans back as always alongside our resident Super Bowl champion and today resident Grumpy Pants, Mr. Isaiah Stanback. We've got our Cowboys insider, Rob Phillips, and our professional football analyst, Mr. Heckma Harrison. Isaiah, why are you so grumpy? Or Can we just push past the grumpiness? How about this? Let's just push past it, right? We're going to push past it, man. We're going to push past the, 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 the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. I can tell you that. Sometimes things just don't go your way. <laughs> I can I can read the Essilor like spot right now. Yeah, let's drop let's drop the Essilor ASAP. I need some I need some I need some fine tuned lenses to see past some of this yes. crap I'm dealing with. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Heckman was getting though. after Isaiah before we got on the show saying, Oh, you gotta be ready. What yeah, was, I got my I got it? my accountability bros. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> well we keep each other accountable here in the trust tree, right, Rob? Yes, the trust it. tree. Absolutely, and we yeah. got Fun stats, boop. I mean, that should that should cheer everybody up. I'm I'm curious to see what those are. <laughs> well, we're gonna hear about a couple of them from you here to start things off, oh, okay. and that's from yesterday in terms of the practice and the injury report for the Cowboys. A couple guys made it back to practice and on the field yesterday. Trayvon Diggs, uh, who of course has been dealing with the foot issue for the last couple of weeks and had a stint off of IR, and then also Cheeto Awuzie made his way back to practice after spending a week on the COVID-19 list. Any updates around those guys, and how did they look yesterday in practice, Rob? Yeah, I did the pool report uh, for the media with Mickey Spagnuolo just because when they're a court now with the NFL and these intensive protocols, if it's an indoor practice, they got to do a pool report from in-house media. So uh, I did see Trayvon Diggs out there doing some individual drills. He wasn't on the practice report because he's still on IR, but he looked fine. Uh, so that's that's encouraging, you know. Coming off the foot deal, Isaiah could speak to this, you know. See how it responds, how sore he is today, uh, because this will be this will definitely be their heaviest work of the week today. So this that'll be a telling day to see kind of where he's at going into this week. Uh, Zeke did not practice; he was on the cords uh, with the athletic training staff. So didn't sound like anything uh, that that is worse coming out of the game. So they're just trying to manage him. For Sunday, I think, and and watching the miracle movie from Disney back in the day, I learned that if you have a bruise like that, a contusion, it you know you really can't hurt it any worse. So miracle, <laughs> miracle taught me that. So uh, maybe he can, maybe he can be good to go for Sunday as well. Is, is, is that the hurt versus injured right there? <laughs> exactly. It's just it's just a bad bruise, right? So just fight through it. <laughs> 
How big would that be to not have Ezekiel Elliott on the field coming up this Sunday, Isaiah, whenever it comes to, to taking on the 49ers in a run defense that, kind of like Cincinnati last week, is a bit susceptible? Yeah, I think it's just anytime you don't have your your main guys, it hurts, right? Uh, I think regardless of what opponent you're you're facing, uh, especially during the the year that the Cowboys have had, in terms of all the injuries they've had, in terms of not having their guys, I don't I don't can't aside from the first game of the season, I don't know if we've ever had just our full roster. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think we have. So um, it's been that type of year uh, here in Dallas. And you know, if, if Zeke was not to be there, that would just add to it. You know, Zeke not there, Martin not there. It's like, man, crap. Who the heck is? Who is here? <laughs> it's like, like yeah. I, it's like you know, like the key and pill present. You know, <laughs> all right. So yeah, we need we need him there. Hackman. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is Zeke season, man. December, we want you know he's he's close to a thousand yards, and I know for a lot of people they don't care about Zeke getting a thousand yards, but I do. Uh, I want to see I want to see him get that as as well as Amari Cooper, who's fifty eight yards away from eclipsing a thousand, um, but. You know, I, I, it didn't take much. You know, I didn't put much into him just doing chords yesterday. I figure, you know, him being a veteran guy dealing with the calf uh, or ham, you know, it's it's probably best to to proceed with caution uh, with Zeke. But we're definitely going to need him if we have a chance uh, on Sunday. That is kind of crazy looking at the stats. Zeke's just 162 yards, or excuse me, yeah. 168 yards from getting to a thousand yards that even in a season like this is uh is kind of crazy that he's at least that close he could hit that one game i mean he hasn't had but one hundred yard game this year but he can hit that but kind of turning it back around to to the positive storyline of having cheeto woozie back on the practice field along with trayvon diggs how much do you expect from trayvon diggs because of the time off and the fact that he is a rookie and he was going up against these top receivers now he doesn't have to go up against the julio joneses or the odell beckham juniors or uh any of those top-notch wide receivers of the world right now he's got the giants the 49ers and he's got the eagles those are the top three teams that are the three teams that he's going up against, and none of them have a top receiver quite like those guys. But Heckman, what do you expect out of Trayvon Diggs coming back from injury? And is it going to be still an improved Trayvon Diggs from before he was on IR? Yeah, being that he's a rookie guy dealing with it, a foot injury and obviously us wanting to have a ton of longevity in his career, I would be shocked if he played on Sunday. Uh, but again, going back to something that Rob said, there's no way that they put him out there if he's at 75%. He's going to be 100% when we see Trayvon Diggs again. But hey, Kyle, don't sleep on Brandon Ayuk now, okay? He, That's true. He is, don't sleep. There's a baller. There was a lot of disrespect in that statement you made, Kyle. A lot of disrespect. I'm just saying that Ayuk is, he is right up there with Scary Terry and some of the receivers that we've seen before that are, you know, sneaky good. And we may, mm-hmm. Debo Samuels is not going to be in this game. So there's going to be a lot uh, that I think is, is going to be different. But I just got the message yesterday that uh, Kittle is coming back from IR for this game. Like, what? He <laughs> so, could play. It, yeah, he could play. Okay, hmm. he could play. So I just think that that's very interesting uh, for our defense and and what they and who they get prepared for for the 49ers. But you know, for 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 us guys, I think that you know Cheeto and the group that we saw last week. That's what we should probably expect uh, to to face the Niners. So heck, are you saying that if you had Brandon Ayuk on your fantasy team, you, that you would play him? 
think that's what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not, yes, immediately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rob, what do you expect out of Trayvon Diggs? Well, I saw that, that Kittle, they designated him for return, just mm-hmm. like Trayvon Diggs. Uh, I guess it, for both guys, it remains to be seen if they'll be back this week. But to me, that would be – I'd love to see that matchup because I think Diggs is a guy you can't put – can't put a linebacker on George Kittle, so I, no. I think you know that that would be a fun matchup to see. I just, I just like watching Trayvon play. Like he, we talked about it all season long. He'll give up plays on you. I mean, he, you know, he has had some missteps for sure. But I just yeah. like the way he competes. I like the way I love seeing him in jump ball situations because it's like watching a wide receiver play. Uh, because he did that at Alabama and he's got that mm-hmm. sense for it. So mm-hmm. I just want to see him get back out there and compete because I think. I think kind of what you know Donovan Wilson and what D Law has done in terms of physicality and set and tone. I think the way Trayvon competes uh, kind of lifts up some of the guys. You know, yeah. even though he's a young player and even though he's a rookie, I think that can boost the defense. Isaiah. Yeah, I I concur with y'all said. Um, I mean, he's 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 competitive, and that's something that you. You can't really replace. You really can't replace somebody who goes out there and gives it their all, whether they give up big plays here and there or not. Um, you know that you know what you're going to get from him, and that's more than we can say about a lot of guys this season. So uh, we definitely would love to have his presence. Now, whenever it comes to, to Brandon Ayuk versus this Cowboys defense, we're going to talk about that coming up here in this next segment. But I kind of wanted to throw out the stats for you on what he's brought to the table as a rookie receiver. Brandon Ayuk, 50 receptions, 660 yards, and four touchdowns already. All of those are team highs this year. Now, Debo Samuels missed a lot of games, and he's still put up pretty great numbers. You talk about Reed and uh, guys like that who have made impacts in the throughout the, the year, but it really has been Brandon Ayuk playing very well, and Trayvon Diggs, should he come back, would probably be matched up with uh, with Brandon Ayuk, and I think that's going to be a, a, an intriguing matchup to watch. Now, I talked about some other good storylines, and we heard yesterday from Randy Gregory, and, and Rob, I know you were a part of this this uh, press conference, the call, I guess is what we're calling it now, the player call with Randy Gregory, and man, I thought it was awesome. I really yeah. did. The the way that he kind of talked about his journey back and the way that he talked about some of the, the obstacles that he had gone up against previously in his journey back to the NFL and those who helped him out along the way. Kind of tell us a, a quick synopsis of what Randy had to say yesterday and what you thought about his call and, and what he opened up about. Yeah, I thought it was really cool too, Kyle. I mean, he, he was really candid about, you know, what he's gone through. He didn't go into detail on everything. Um, but, you know, he's had so many things that he's battled in his personal life I think a lot of people can identify with. Um, and it's not, you know, saying that he's he's been suspended multiple times for substance abuse violations is just it's such scratching the surface of what he has dealt with on a day-to-day basis. And, and um, you know, he talked about, you know, getting help and, and, and improving in, in his personal life in that regard. And you, you ask anybody with the organization from – you know, team officials to teammates, they say he's just such a great guy. And so uh, I, I think everybody is so happy to see him back and playing well. You know, he, he talked about how uh, he thinks it's been a pretty solid comeback so far, and he understands his role coming in that, number one, what he's asked to do is get after the quarterback, rush the passer. And he thinks he's he's done pretty well in that regard, but there's – you know he's looking for improvement. You know he's he's not like a super young guy anymore. I think he's 27, 28 years old. Uh, but I think 
I think there's some upside there, you know, because he doesn't – it's just been kind of like, you know, I don't know, it's been like gridlock traffic with him. You know, he's been able to get going and he built some momentum like he did in 2018, had like six and a half sacks, and then he gets suspended again, and, and he wasn't able to build on it. You know, it's been a year and a half. So I think looking forward to the, these last three games going into 2021, I'm really excited to see how he, how he improves as a player. Heckman, whenever it comes to Randy Gregory and kind of what he's brought to the table this year, I agree with Rob. I still think there is room to grow, but he's also been a pleasant surprise just how quickly he's kind of gotten acclimated into being back in a starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing him come in in that rotation and, and what he does for us, but just piggybacking off of what Rob said, I, I love the, the when I got the notes from that interview. Um, just him being open and honest, and I want to credit the, the Cowboys organization uh, for sticking by this guy, man. A lot of times you find with teams, everybody, they'll just, if a guy's trouble, they just throw him on the scrap heap, you know? And fortune and fame is, is a dangerous thing sometimes, man, and, and guys find a, don't find a way uh, to, to handle it, uh, and just, I'm, I'm happy that he reached out and got the help that he needed, and the Cowboys organization assisted him uh, in that, but just as far as where he is as a player in our rotation, I think he's, I mean, he gives us a lot of energy. He's a guy that's always going hard when he gets in there. So, you know, what I look forward to is just his future with this organization and just some of the things that he said about getting back and, you know, putting his best foot forward every day, I thought was very refreshing from a guy, from a young guy that knows that these opportunities, you know, are far and few in between. And he has to take it, take advantage of every one he gets. Isaiah? Uh, yeah, Randy Gregory's. I'm, I'm uh, to your point, heck, I'm glad these guys stuck with him. Um, and 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 <laughs> it's surprising. It surprised me that they stuck with him. Uh, they must they must really believe in this dude. Uh, but he's he's definitely had an impact. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Some people's stories are a lot more in depth than others. Uh, but it's uh, it's always gratifying to see people. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer, man, and and being. Your, your character development coming, you know, after going through trial, you know, and, and I've had my I've had my share of ups and downs um, as as well as everybody else on this call. I'm pretty sure. And everybody's journey to to their to their where they're trying to go, whether this is their pinnacle, whether it's something else, whatever it is, you know, everybody has their their paths. And, you know, when you hit those speed bumps, when you hit those those hurdles and you have to get over those mountaintops and those those valleys, especially those valleys, those low points um, and you can come out of that, you're, you're, you're so much better. Um, than than you were before, and um, you know, for an organization to value you and to and to value that process and your development through that is everything. And he, I think he's yeah. been a big a big help to this team, and I think everybody knowing what he's been through, um, it, it, he automatically walks into the locker room with a sense of respect. And you've been in those those NFL locker rooms, and you've been around players that have kind of had those journeys back or the long longer journeys back. What is that perceived like? From other NFL players, is it is it more of an accountability, a brotherhood type of thing? There uh, is there ever some maybe some awkwardness with it? What what is a, a feeling like that in a locker room whenever there is a player that has struggled like that in the past and they're starting to find a way to turn it around? Yeah, I mean it's it's more so you respect that guy, right? And you and you and you put all your energy and hope into into thinking that he's going to that he's going to make it through. Um you know you be you're there as a support system, you're there as his teammate, you're there as his brother. 
um, you recognize and you identify the areas in which he struggles in, and you try to make sure you do your portion, your part, to make sure that they that they don't go back that direction. Um, it's, it's not solely your responsibility, but you definitely can have an intricate part and an intricate role in it. And um, you you first of all you acknowledge it, and then you help them through it. You help them through. You're there for them more than anything. You don't have to talk. It's not direct conversations all the time. Sometimes just being there um, and being consistent and, and encouraging them and um, and letting and letting them know that you're proud of them. You know, a lot of times that doesn't come from like from a from you know from men one man to another, but letting yeah. letting guys know like, hey man, I'm proud of you, bro. Like, hey, you've been you've been getting after it. You know, you you overcome a lot, man, and you have you've been a big big part of what you know what we're doing right now. Um, and that that alone is everything, man. It's, it's people need to understand how much of a brotherhood football is. I could I could tell you even as a retired guy, there's guys that I've never played with ever in life, and when I see guys and meet guys for the first time, there is a absolute mutual respect. As soon as you meet somebody, and shake their hand because you know that they've been through it. You know, one of the first things, like, hey, how many years you put in? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a little badge of mm-hmm. honor. Like, how many years you get there? Oh, you you got passed for you know for one, two, three years. Oh shoot! All right, all right. I know I know what you've been through then because everybody gets it. Right? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of emotional. Um, it's a lot of emotional stress. The NFL is. Everybody talks about the physical, but it's it's it's, it's hard now. It's hard. So, um, hats off to him. That's interesting. You said that, Isaiah, because as you were just talking, I was thinking about how the average Joe like me really really has no idea from a just a physical standpoint what players go through, what yeah. their bodies go through, like mm-hmm. at this point of an NFL season. When most people have office jobs, but like you're saying, it goes beyond just you know your body getting banged up for 17 weeks, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I can only, only can speak to about myself, right? So like. My time here in Dallas was not glorious because I had a ton of injuries. I came in with a foot injury uh, that was pretty doggone bad, um, and then I sustained two shoulder surgeries back-to-back, and then I left with a knee surgery after a knee surgery. So I can tell you those injuries that I sustained even coming into Dallas, my foot injury, I feel my foot every day. It's 30 degrees outside. My foot hurts every day. It gives out on me every day. Um, It's something that I deal with. Uh, My shoulder I fell down trying to dog on ice skating, messing around about three months ago, four months ago, just playing around, and I fell down. And that same shoulder that I hurt when I was there here in Dallas is still giving me problems every day. So understand that the stuff that you're dealing with, you know, that stuff carries on forever. <laughs> you know, it's not just, oh, that person got through that injury. Okay, they're good. All right, move on. No, you know, no, no. There's something in your head that you're constantly battling every single day. I'm better than this person or I can't go back to being that injured guy. I can't go back to that mindset. Um it's mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's deep, man. It's pretty doggone deep and you're you're fighting that battle every single day along with, you know, people who are been dealing with things like addiction and other stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot to deal with. And then you take on the stress of the NFL and how majority of the times the organizations truly don't care about you, right? That's kind of what it comes down to. Sorry if that comes across abrupt, but the reality is a lot of times organizations truly don't care about you. They're they're bringing guys in once a week to try to take your job and pay them less than less than what they're paying you. Um, there's really not a whole lot of sense of loyalty in the league, so there's a lot of stress. And then, oh, by the way, you're away from your family um, and you're dealing with the ups and downs. You're dealing with the media. You're dealing with people scrutinizing you. You're dealing with – I mean, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> It is a ton, um, and some of these guys can't even leave their house without somebody trying to take a picture over some over something. You know, so people need to understand the weight of it. And people can say, "Oh, they get paid to deal with all that." Mm, it comes with the job. You don't you don't get paid to deal with it. It just comes with the job. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and to that point, like I think that's when Dak speaks out about mental wellness and oh heck yeah, 
and he's not the only one to do that. There's oh, been other no. guys throughout other sports in, in, in America that have done that and brought that kind of to the forefront, how that's important. I think that's that's really important. One more thing about Randy, because uh, cause you guys mentioned the loyalty that the Joneses have shown. Not, not, I don't know if it's loyalty, but just support, you know, fi- supporting mm-hmm. him for five years uh, through all this. One reason is it's, it's beyond just, okay, he's had substance abuse um, matters that have kept him off the field you know they have long thought look and 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 contended it's a it's a medical issue without getting into specifics that you know might be the basis for some of that you know and so that's it's beyond just okay he's had some problems off the field like that and and i think that that's part of the the support because he's he's a really good guy man and and it's and i you know again i keep saying this you know in a year like this you know, good stories like this, Kyle. Thanks for bringing this up. I think that helps everybody a little bit. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we can we can it, use it, 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 Absolutely, and I think in a in a in a long season like this, kind of like what Isaiah was talking about, not anywhere close to the physical toll, but there's a mental toll on everybody on a season like this, fans included. I'll throw them into it as well because it's frustrating. You want to see t- team success, you want to see your team win some football games, but even even through all that, you can find positives. In stories like this, and everybody cheers for stories like this, and a huge congratulations to Randy Gregory Absolutely. and kind of his way back. And it's something that I know a lot of people have prayed for, and uh, I mean those have been answered this year. But uh, we've got another cool story to talk about. We're going to talk about it when we come back, but we're also going to look at how this Cowboys defense, or excuse me, how this Cowboys offense can have some success against this 49ers defense when we return here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
All right, here you go, Isaiah. Welcome back here to Talking Cowboys. And whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor, as always, on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. That's the great Isaiah stand back. That's what we needed. That's what we needed, man. Needed a bit of an uptick. You needed that that explosion. Needed that juice. Thank you. I needed that juice. We gotta get, gotta bring the juice, and then Rob Phillips as always, Chris Beam holding down the fort back in the studio. And before we move on to this game preview, boys, I want to talk about LP Latisor. Another cool story coming out this week for the Cowboys as he'll play his 251st game Jeez. for wow. the Dallas Cowboys. He's played 16 seasons, and by the way, he will become the most tenured Canadian-born player. In the NFL's history with his game coming up this weekend. And he's also Holy just moly guacamole. That is he's, awesome. He's also just two games away from finishing the year at 253. And that would tie Jason Witten for most games played in a Cowboys Ooh, uniform. Wow. So, uh, and, and of course, there's nothing to suggest that he doesn't come back next year and break Jason Witten's record. So he's uh, he's got some milestones coming up here this weekend against San Francisco. But LP bringing it in. LP was there when you were there, right, Isaiah? LP has been there forever. I saw him uh, in the garage. We were coming in for a show one day, and I was like, LP, what year is this, 172nd? He was like, yeah, something like that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that's a large human being who does his job and does it well, and well-respected by many guys that have come through this organization. So hats off to him, man. It's a good dude. Just real and quick, just, his, his story is just cool. You know, mm-hmm. uh, 2005, Cowboys go out to the Bay Area to play back-to-back 49ers, Raiders, and they needed they needed a long snapper. And he's he's at Cal Berkeley. They just bring him in because he's down the street. And uh, what is it? Like, what did you say? <laughs> 17 years later? What, 15, yeah, I guess? 16, 16 years 16. later? Here he is, uh, one of the longest tenured players in Cowboys history, and he does his job as well as anybody. It's Absolutely. a singular, it's a singular job, but he does it as well as anybody in the, on the entire team and in the league too. He's been at the Pro Bowl before. And I think, That's I a, think, after, I think after that rule change too, where you couldn't, you know, when Haloti Nada used to destroy, you know, long snappers. <laughs> yeah. um, after that, after that rule change where they said you can't touch the long snapper now, you know, until after the ball snap. Dude, I think that extended his career at least another seven years. So I say he'll probably get about 24 years seasons in here with the Cowboys, somewhere <laughs> around there. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about long snappers is most, I guess, if you're not a diehard Cowboys fan, you don't know who LP Latticer is. You really don't. He's the long snapper for the Cowboys. If you're listening to Talking Cowboys, you probably know number exactly 91. who LP Latticer is. But that's the thing is no one knows who he is, at least name-wise, outside of the organization because he does his job so well you don't want to know the name of the long snapper because you want that job to be such a an automatic such a a routine thing that you won't ever have to hear his name called and that's exactly what happens is he's been so consistent he's been somebody who consistently gets his job done at a high level and congratulations to him getting 251 coming up on sunday that's that's a lot of football games now Let's look at this Cowboys offense versus this San Francisco defense today. How how will this offense continue a little bit of the success that they had last week against the Cincinnati Bengals? And I'm going to start with Heckma Harrison here. Mr. Heckma, I know you've looked at the tape. 
I know you've studied the San Francisco defense. They're a little banged up on that defensive line, and they're getting older in the secondary. But what part of this defense worries you the most matchup-wise? Oh, man, there's, there are a lot. Even with the injuries, there's, there's a lot of them. And I, 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 always, I went back after I was watching the tape of, of something that Isaiah said in film study when we went up against Cleveland and that how that wide nine position that Miles Garrett was causing us problems. And they're going to uh, – Eric Armstead is going to come with that. And also, I believe it's uh, Kerry Hyder Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. at the other end as well. So, look, man, I, for me – First of all, man, just thinking about this, I mean, I miss Dak Prescott so much. I just got to say that. I mean, I miss Dak. I don't don't know if he ever crosses your mind. You know, I just, I miss that dude. And, you know, with a game like this, you you realize that uh, Andy Dalton is going to have to use his feet to get away from that pass rush because Javon Kinlaw, uh, the guy from South Carolina that you talked about a lot during the draft show, uh, Kyle, oh, yeah. he's, he's there as well. And so he's a young guy. He's learning the ropes. But in this defense, you know, that front seven, man, these guys are really good at what they do. Some of the stunts yeah. and splits that they have uh, is amazing. The way that they create that space and just spread you out. They even outflank you. Put a bunch of guys on one side and bring that five all the way back into the A-gap. But also, uh, talking to Isaiah uh pre-show about Richard Sherman. You know, Richard Sherman is a guy that's played for for 10 years in this league. And although his athletic ability may not be where it was when he started in Seattle, but it's because he's such a cerebral player. And when you watch some of the things that he does on tape, you know, in zone, in man, you could tell that he is, you know, a lot of other guys are feeding off of what he does. So I'm really intrigued about the matchup between he and, and Amari Cooper, just, you know, seeing two dogs uh, go against each other. But for our offense, man, it's going to be all about being balanced in the running game and also, you know, making those short throws that Andy Dalton can can make. But just no matter what happens, man, if adversity strike, I'm just looking for Kellen Moore to stick to that play sheet and let's not throw the ball 50 times this game. <laughs> Isaiah? Yeah, I'm worried about the front seven and Corselli. Um he um he's aggressive. He's he's an aggressive dude. I was with him when he was a young youngster, I guess, in this coaching league, uh down in down in Jacksonville and he's um he's aggressive, man. That dude's aggressive. He's gonna try to he's gonna try to test us. He understands that this offensive line has been beat up. He understands that they're not in continuity yet. Um and he's gonna test that. You know, you already talked about it, heck and then forms of stunts. He doesn't have his his two goons at defensive end. Obviously those guys are both out with, with yeah. ACLs. Um but guess what? Just like we said, the DNA is a DNA, and he's going to continue to do what he does regardless of the personnel. So that's what I'm more concerned about more than anything. Not so much just individual matches and more so just scheme. Um, more just, just like I said yesterday on the offensive side of the ball, I'm worried about their offensive scheme. So I think this is going to be an offensive coordinator versus def- defensive coordinator type of day. Um, you know, what, which Kellen Moore shows up, and can he beat, can he beat the more aggressive seller? So that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we talked yesterday about the 49ers running game and how it hasn't been what it was last year, but they've got the scheme that makes you worry about it, you know, and it Mm -hmm. goes all the way back to to Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad, and what he developed there. And I think Robert Sala, his scheme, that's great coaching, you know, to still get production when you don't have D Ford, when you don't have Nick Bosa. Um, 
and I, I'm looking at Kerry Hyder in this game just because he's played here. He's their leading sack guy after yep. being kind of just a rotation guy here. But if you go back to he's reunited with his defensive coordinator or line coach, I believe, from Detroit where he had yep. eight, nine sacks in a season. And you mentioned, heck, the wide nine look. You know, again, yeah, that, that could be a problem when you put uh, – your offensive tackles out in space and have to have to you know block yeah. those guys whether it's whether it's Terrence Steele or or Brandon Knight on the edge. Deion Jordan will get out there too. So I'm also looking yeah. for uh, you know Armstead inside potentially in those passing situations against you know maybe maybe we see Tyler Biotish back in the starting lineup this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of that, mm-hmm. but you know you know coming off a short week last week they went with Joe Looney and I just think you know he, he didn't lose his job by by production. Uh, stamp, standpoint, it was because of injury. So, I, you know, with three games to go, I try to get him back in the lineup, and and I think that'd be a, a good matchup to see. Can they can they protect Andy Dalton and stop the turnovers? Because I think only the second time all year they didn't have a turnover last Sunday against Cincinnati. So that's huge. You know, uh, protect the football. And, and, and Rob, I don't want, I don't want to blow past the point that you made about the wide nines, and mm-hmm. Heckman said it too. The wide nine technique, and for those that are listening, is so dangerous. Um, the, the reason why it's so dangerous, uh, specifically against a team like us, when we're hurting at the tackle position, is because it literally puts these guys on an island. Um, you're yeah. talking about you're talking about defensive ends that are lining up three yards outside of their your in man on the line of scrimmage. So whether that's your tackle or your tight end, well, no matter who's out there, they're going to line up two to three yards outside of that person, and then they're going to rush upfield. Well, what does that do? Well, they still have their defensive tackles in <laughs> on you know inside in the B gap, so your mm-hmm. so your offensive guard can't go help. Your guard cannot go help. So what, what does that do? It literally puts these guys, these tackles, on an island about a five-yard span where they are solely by themselves. So any little mistake that they make, all of a sudden it, that can turn into a potential strip sack. That can turn into a fumble. That can turn into a whatever. You know, and it just is. A lot of bad plays can happen from that. And you talk about you know not wanting to throw the ball a bunch of times. Well, think about drop. If you throw the ball forty times and they're playing a wide nine technique. There's a lot of opportunities for something bad to happen um, at the offensive tackle position. Well, how do you help that? How do you help that, though? Sorry, Heckman, didn't mean to cut you off here, but I want to know, is it a lost cause here, or is there ways to to chip blocks here? Tell everybody, tell the coaching staff, if they're listening, if you're talking to Kellen Moore right now, (laughs) this is how you stop the wide nine, because I want to figure out a way to stop it. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, one of the best ways to stop a wide nine is run the ball. um, The the downside to a wide nine is you can run the ball right up inside the wide nine technique, right? So if they're playing two to three yards outside of your in-man and your line of scrimmage, well, guess what? Stay out there, right? I'll push you out, and all of a sudden I have a big gaping hole uh, right to the inside of you. Um, And and in a passing game, I can remember when I was playing for New England, we played against Indianapolis Colts, and they they may have had a a couple good defensive ends back then. Um, Yeah, they they, they had some dudes that they they like to spin. They like to spin a lot back in the day. And, uh, (laughs) and. And I had that we needed to help our offensive tackles because of that same thing. They were isolated. So we would yeah. bring our receivers down to a short split, um, almost like a little bit of a bunch set. Um, and then we would have to use our receivers, i.e. me, um, some of our bigger receivers, to, <laughs> to get a chip on that guy, right? So you have to give him a little shoulder just to bump him over onto your tackle so that your tackle doesn't have to kick out as far and be yeah. isolated. So there's a lot of different yeah. ways in which you can help. Um, and then obviously try to get your running backs, your running backs, 
you know, when they when they run a run when they want to run flat routes, now all of a sudden your flat routes start turning onto almost swing routes. So you have to go up inside those guys, and it almost turns into a screenplay. So there's a lot of things that you can do, but you have to be aware of where those guys are because they're going to be wide and they're going to be in your throwing lanes for when you're trying to throw hot. Boy, you, go back, you know what? That sounds, man, let me adjust your crown, King, because that, that <laughs> boy, that, that's that. You know what you're talking about? That I mean, that that was good. I'm sorry. That this is free oh, content, ladies and gentlemen. Right this is there. you're not that's having good. to pay for that's this. Good. This is this is like lessons for how. This is a roadmap to how to watch the game on Sunday. That's is if it. you don't, if they don't do what Isaiah Stanback just said, then all of a sudden <laughs> you should be angry. You should be upset. No. Well, there you go. That's, that's how you that's how you attack it. But I, I think for our offensive line, I want to see these guys fight. Yeah. I want to see some fight and some grit up front. All of them. I'm from 78 to 69. I got to see fight. And number 80, the bell dozer, he's a part of it as well, man. I want to oh, yeah. see <laughs> fight up front. I mean, we've seen those games with, you know, the, the, the Washington football team where we just, they brought it to us. Now, finally, these last three games, if there's anything to this, you know, momentum going into the offseason, we have got to establish fight with our guys. Because if you look at the NFC East, New York has won with a backup quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the Eagles have won with a rookie quarterback, offensive line woes, all of that, right? We, that we're running out of excuses at this point. You know what the mm -hmm. offense wants to do. Come on, fire off the ball. All of you guys be aggressive. And, man, like my grandmama used to say, boy, if one of y'all get in a fight, all y'all got to fight. So all y'all go fight on Sunday. Hey, I didn't think about that. Is any, nobody in the NFC East is playing with their starting quarterbacks. No. No. No, not the ones that they started the season <laughs> 2020, with. 2020, baby. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nope, that's exactly what's happening. Now, we got to take our second break, but when we come back, we'll continue looking at this Cowboys offense. Can they run the ball? Can they do what Isaiah said to stop those wide nines against this San Francisco defense? And it might not be with Ezekiel Elliott. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. 
Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here for the final segment of Talking Cowboys, as always, here on DallasCowboys.com. And whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys or working out, or maybe even trading and setting your DraftKings fantasy lineup, you can experience audio in a whole new way with Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. You, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a so symphony in your head. In. It's a symphony it's a in your symphony head. Symphony in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to Watch be the, the new trademark. <laughs> Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds. It's a symphony it's in your head. I mean, I think there's no better way to describe it. Whenever it comes to Heckma Harrison. Also got Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans here. The final five or six minutes here of the show. Mike McCarthy's press conference coming up here at 10:15. But uh, there's a lot to talk about whenever it comes to this run game. And you can talk about Ezekiel Elliott. You can talk about the growth or the non-growth of Tony Pollard this season. Either way, it's behind that offensive line. And that offensive line has been just, of course, like we've talked about all season long, hindered with injuries and, and having every single different obstacle you can potentially think. But, Rob, do you think there's a possibility? And I'm, we're going to assume Zeke is not playing at this point. Not assume, but this what? is the scenario. This is the scenario that I want to throw out there. Because if Zeke's playing, if he doesn't. Nothing, nothing changes. But hypothetically, if Zeke is unavailable coming up this Sunday, how much success do you think Tony Pollard and maybe even a Rico Dowdle would have at tailback for the Cowboys up against this 49ers defense? Well, I, th- I think you can run against San Francisco. You watch back the Washington game, and I think McKissick got like six yards of carry against them. And and so kind of what we talked about last uh, last segment, there, there are some gaps you can maybe exploit. I do think having Zeke in this game would definitely benefit Tony Pollard more because it is yeah. that whole change of pace thing where Zeke is just a battering ram for a few downs and then you bring in lightning, thunder, lightning, all that. I, I think that is where Tony can really excel. Uh, but I do think there's a chance to run on, on, on San Francisco. The question I have, I, I think they're going to need to because I wonder, you know, you watch, and I haven't watched a lot of their, their tape, but they don't have many busts in the secondary, and they don't give you much in the passing game. And, and it seems like they, they play zone with Verrett and with Richard Sherman. So I wonder, you know, are they going to sit back and, and not let Andy Dalton really get the ball down the field, even if he, even if he wants to? Uh, and, and so do you really need to run in this game to, to, to open up some potential chunk plays for your offense? Heckma. Yeah, I have always been that person that was opposed to taking the ball out of Zeke's hands. But 2020 has shown me that he needs a Tony Pollard. And I like the changeup uh, that the Cowboys present with these, this two-headed monster backfield. And, and like you said, Rob, it is a change of pace. And it's going to be needed uh, in this game. I, I, For me, I, I think Zeke, it, it, his pass protection is what we need more than anything. Because teams mm. I've found 
they will line those linebackers up in the A-gap and you know bring pressure. And Zeke is better than a lot of running backs at nullifying linebackers. And so, uh, and, and, and really just not a lot of film out there on Tony Pollard being able to do it. So that would be the worry for me if Zeke didn't play. Uh, but you're right, Rob, just having that change of pace is going to be good for us. And, you know, just relating it to the Washington football team and even the Buffalo Bills, they were able to have success uh, and like 90, 96 yards worth of success. But even in that, that just provides that balance that you'll need to bring them out of that zone and get some chunk plays maybe in the passing game where they're waiting on you in that running game. And sometimes I think teams, the Cowboys have caught uh, defense is in a different look where the, they bring in TP and the box isn't as loaded and it's and it's a favorable run look and he's been able to exploit it so you know there may be a, there may be a situation like that Sunday Isaiah yeah. <clears throat> yeah this is a perfect defense for for Tony Pollard so obviously you want Zeke um, to the very point that Heckman brought up uh, I don't think most people recognize how important Zeke is to this team even when he's not running as effectively as we would like he is probably in the conversation I would definitely say top three running backs for blocking running backs in this league he blocks the mess out of linebackers and for the times that we can't run the ball and we have to pass the ball guess who else is playing a big part in allowing uh, Andy Dalton to sit back there and throw this thing Zeke. Um, it's not just the offensive line, which we always talk about. Um, but Tony Pollard, he's 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 made perfect for this for this particular defensive scheme they're going to be facing, especially with those wide nines, because you you do have an opportunity to get up inside those defensive ends and get on the second level quick. And when you get to the second level, you actually have somebody who's helping you because you have these offensive guards now that are going to be freed up to go up and block linebackers. So big play opportunities are definitely on the um, on the horizon. I mean, if Tony Pollard is just that guy, then I think he's going to be just as effective. If if he was a number two back or as a number one back, I think he's going to have the same opportunities presented to him. And whenever you go up against those wide nines and you look at the film, it's going to be a big day for Connor Williams and for Connor McGovern, those Connor bros, as Connor Isaiah bros. likes to call it. Those, this is a big day for those guys who are trying to get up fields <laughs> and find a way into the second level and to find some linebackers. I think that's going to be uh, a big key to the success of running the football coming up on Sunday against San Francisco. I'm going to push right past this because I didn't hear what Rob said, and I can just hear Heckma giggling in the background, and we've got to go because I've got to interview Steven here in a, a couple minutes. So, oh, so oh, so if you have any questions what? send them in <laughs> just yeah, by the way so again. that's gonna do it for talking cowboys for heck my harrison for isaiah stand back for rob phillips <laughs> and for chris being back in studio i'm kyle yeoman saying so long we'll see you tomorrow for say with your chest it. friday on talking cowboys presented by geico this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this